Welcome back to Growing Up in the Wilds of Suburbia. And I am your host, Chad Everett Brochiers. Today, we are going over mental occupation, what that actually means. Uh, mental occupation is a term that I came up with 10 years ago as I was going through you know, different thoughts about, you know, really just thoughts in general. Oh, uh, excuse me, life fix my little do here for you. Ugh. Hero because blood donor, that kind of fun stuff, right? It's the gift that just keeps on giving and I get it back real quick. So, okay. Mental occupation. This idea actually came to me when I was sitting in a coffee shop and I was reading uh, on several things actually, but I was starting to wonder how the brain worked in a specific function. Like exactly how does an idea form? What came to mind was, and this is why this is also important, is where thoughts, you know, like you'll have a, a thought that flows through, right? This, this is just, and it can be fleeting. If you've ever meditated, you've likely have already had this experience where thoughts flow through your mind and then they kind of just disappear. They, they kind of wash over you and then they're gone uh, until you get to a thought that actually has some sort of value that needs your attention. So, with that fantastic insight, <laughs> I sat with it for a bit and I'm like, where is this all coming from? And where is it going? And I'm like, well, what if thoughts behave a lot like, like occupations? They, you, you get the thought you want to work somewhere, right? You go in for the interview. It's still in that thought space. There's really not a whole lot about it. You go into the interview. You do really well. They offer you the job. And we'll keep this in something that is likely that a lot of people have done. Even if you haven't done this occupationally, you'll you'll be able to still hold on to this if you've ever done any kind of housework chores, things like that, uh, that involve like sweeping, mopping, and other you know household daily behaviors uh, to keep a, your home clean or in a cleanly type of situation for you, a living standard that you live by or that you're okay with. Now, we'll use a janitor type of position. You get the job. Never done it before in your life. Somebody shows you how to do it. They see it as something simple. The thought is now, it's not blowing by. It is now actually starting to take root in who you are. Now, the first couple of times you try it, you know, you first couple of times, you, you know, you fill up your bucket, you get the wrong like, mixture. Um, you don't necessarily wring out the mop properly. You may mop before sweeping. You know, there's different things that kind of give you a less than effective outcome based off of the effort. So you start learning, well, I probably should sweep before I mop. Then you, you start to rectify the issues of, you know, spreading dirt around further or kind of making more of a mess than necessarily cleaning. Although you can argue clean a little bit with a mop that's wet but there is a point in time whenever you're streaking the floor because of all the, the dirt that's left to it. So there's that piece. You, you start feeling these things out, right? You, you sit there and you deal with it. If you no longer have any guidance and it's just something, right? Like somebody, you may see somebody in the distance that's sweeping and you're like, okay, maybe I should sweep that way. You learn different patterns in the way that you should sweep in certain like scenarios that give you a faster outcome with high efficiency, you start learning those things. It's starting to take more root. 
then there's a point in time whenever not only have you learned to become more proficient at the, the required behaviors, but you become better at it to the point where you're actually mastering it. And it starts to feel good, but this is also where it starts to change your perspective. You may start moving away from the job and the sense of pride about the work starts to come in. Now, this is still in that occupation concept. You're feeling good about what you've done. You really do feel like you've made some changes as far as the outward thing. Uh, you're able to get more work done. You may be able to do your house chores and you get it done faster in a way that you can get to other activities in your life. You feel good about it. You're actually feeling a quite uh, successful and accomplished through the process. Thoughts take a very similar approach from what I call mental occupation. Uh, since I've gone, you know, through some, you know, through psychology and, and, and you know, read quite a bit as well. Uh, I, there are other elements to this. There's neuroplasticity, and then you get into mind mapping, uh, which is also about uh, memory recall as well as problem solving and the routes, you know, the synapse in the brain, which routes it's actually taking the neuroplastic type of, you know, it's the channels, the neuro channels of thinking. Uh, it makes it more proficient, which means that you have to, it costs you less energy. And there's all kinds of things that come out of that which that's the psychology, the science of it for this was more of, I was navigating the reality of the world. And this is still something that I haven't left. Mental occupation is still something to me. It still means something specific. It is a combination of different elements that they talk about inside of neuro uh, neurosciences and, and psychology because they, they, they lean on each other for different reasons. Now the mental occupation piece is what your, what thoughts are going through your mind if it has any value to you, it, it starts to gain um, a place in your mind. Whenever it settles into the mind, it may have a short-lived value. You may not actually need to go back to it for long, uh, or you bury it underneath other thoughts in other places. And before you know it, or not necessarily other places, but other thoughts, before you know it, you may pull that idea back to the surface you know, later in life. It could be, you know, the next week, it could be the next month, it could be the next year, decade, whenever, but it comes back to the service and you're like, you know, that actually was not a bad idea. You have a mental occupation to it to a degree. It's very similar as if you worked as a janitor, you left working as a janitor, you went down another route, doing something different in your life, and then you revert back to becoming a janitor again because of a failed effort or, or maybe a downsizing and you can't get employed with that level of skill because the jobs aren't available, you can drop back to doing the janitorial work again in a way that you can sustain your life and build back up again. And I'm not saying that being janitor or being in a janitorial position is a negative by any means. They're really, for me, it's a practice of taking pride with everything that I do, not dismissing the value of what I'm doing right now because my goal has my attention, you know, and then I will dismiss it now and become less pleasant or less satisfied and less grateful for what I'm going through right now because I keep thinking about the future and I'm obsessing over that. It'll make me deny that sense of pride for what I'm currently doing. And that will diminish the satisfaction when the satisfaction is diminished, then the mentality and also the personality can shift towards something that's not quite what you originally got out of bed to change about yourself. And you start falling back into the rut of life. Now I prefer the pride values, which is I just did that. I did a great job. And the people that are coming through here will benefit from my efforts so that we can have cleaner floors or cleaner surroundings or whatever that is. Again, in the janitorial concept, 
but that's how I do all of the things that I do in life. I like to try to take the greatest deal of pride in every single thing that I do in a way that I can say I'm helping change something in the system or the process of what I'm involved in. I want to see an outcome that we all get to enjoy. It's hence the videos, hence the series and what I'm doing with these, uh, these episodes that you've, you've started to consume. So mental occupation can change your life. And how it changes your life is you allow the idea to settle. When you let the idea settle into your mind, it can start to create, uh, create roots in a way that you're occupying it. It's no longer something that just blew through your mind. It's not just settled in like dust. Now it actually started to develop a utility in your life. You can make money with it. You can find more satisfaction in your relationships with it. Whatever it is, it's your idea. It's not mine. So you, you'll have to envision this in yourself as you listen and or watch the video. You'll have to listen for yourself and say, this is where it makes sense for me, not my life experiences. That's not necessarily going to make the greatest sense for you because you're not there to experience the entirety of it. And I'll do the best I can to relay it. But some people, they're just going to want to be like, in the episode, I'm not really that interested put it from your own perspectives in life, and then we can go from there. So mental occupation, it's taken root. Once it takes root, it will start to create a degree of influence into your personality. It could simply show up that I'm just a little bit more proud about something that I did here. I've accomplished something. I ran a mile in less than nine minutes. Whatever it is, you're starting to accomplish something more in your life than what you've done before. And that does bring a sense of satisfaction, some pride of accomplishment, that kind of thing for you, which can boost your confidence about yourself. The more you occupy that thought, the more it starts shifting your mind. How many people in your life have you known that really wasn't much for running or jogging? And the next thing you know, they take it up. And before you know it, they're bringing it up in conversation. They're changing the outfits they wear. Their behaviors are they're waking up earlier to go out for a run or they need to do their run before they do other things and they're showing discipline. And then all of a sudden other elements in their life start to show a shifting where, you know, and again, this, you, you could have points where it actually, it's a blockade and it stops because it hit the utility for the person, but you may also see it bleed into other areas of life where now they're showing up on time for meetings or whatever the schedule is, or your agreements uh, with them. They're showing up on time. They're leaving on time. Uh, you know, it can continue to create that effect in people's lives. Exact that this is what I'm talking about for your own life. If you want to make change, you start building that up. Now, inevitably, you're going to come to a point in time where you need guidance. You'll start, you'll listen, you'll get videos like this, you'll go to, you know, whatever, you'll buy books for it, whatever. And I absolutely agree that you should do that thing. But there's also times whenever the book may not necessarily seem like it's applicable for where you're currently at and what you're dealing with in life. Sounds great in theory, but it doesn't have the sensation of ac applicability to satisfaction. It may be applicable, but not necessarily to satisfaction. It's applicable and it takes you forever to do it. Before you know it, you've had to learn a new approach to what you're doing. Now, you'll have to take a different avenue. This is also why I'm not necessarily a fan of the concepts of fate or destiny because people will run into enough of an objection back off of their efforts because they feel because of the objections, maybe they just really like the idea, but they're not destined to accomplish it. Therefore, go another route. And perseverance is a piece that actually is a discipline that does help you. you know, it's a virtuous discipline that helps you accomplish something. Perseverance. But again, it's also where you're stra uh, structured and strategized in order to be successful. Now, and the mental occupation element of it, the more you persevere in that process, the more you are to change the personality, be weary of, or just not necessarily weary, 
be aware of the changes that can occur in your personality through the process. Other people try not to hold the level of um, arrogance to think that somebody else changed that way. You wouldn't because you're better than that. You may not change that way initially, but that person can very well be a crystal ball for what that effort might include. I, myself speaking from my life, I worked in the power industry. I followed my father and my older brother into the industry because it was a family business type thing. We were, we, we came up with that in our life. So I followed it. As I got into my eighth year, I recognized that because of a hiring freeze, there was a 20 year gap between myself and the people that were above me because they didn't have the the jobs available to bring people in. So they froze hiring. They only brought in temporaries, not permanent. So they finally brought me on as a permanent. And I realized on the eighth year that the people that I was working with and the direction that I was going to go down was going to create, like I did not have enough hubris about my abilities and my personal confidence and wherewithal, mental, emotional, psychological wherewithal. I realized that I was more likely to turn out like the people that were 20 years senior to me in the company. I was likely to be more like them by the time I got to the end of the job. Like when I got to the retiring age, like they were getting, I realized that those individuals, they were very dissatisfied with a lot of things in their life. They spent a lot of time griping and being upset. Uh, Their conversations were far more dramatic. They weren't necessarily, uh, there wasn't a lot of developmentally sound conversations. A lot of it was venting and dramatic. Uh, I decided that when I saw that the greatest degrees of satisfaction they showed or the excitement that they had really seemed like it was centered around their paycheck. Whenever they their paycheck was going to be deposited and they knew they were going to make a certain amount of money was really some of the only times that I saw them crack a smile, except for whenever they would give other people a hard time. And then they realized they did successfully give a hard time. Then sometimes I saw them crack a smile, which is actually sadistic. And I realized that I did not want to fall into that category. I did not want to become that way. And I was aware enough, self-aware enough that 20 years of interactions in the job and the stressors that comes with it, and then the stressors that life brings with it, because it was also a swing shift. There's all kinds of things that actually surmounted to this understanding. I realized that that's a very quick way of not being satisfied in life. I would make a great deal of money. I would be very comfortable, but I would also likely have a a dysfunctional family. I, I would likely also, even though I'm insightful, I, again, also am not driven with a lot of hubris. Now, uh, if you're not aware of what hubris is, for the, the people that are listening, it's another, le- nev- it's another level above arrogance. It's where your abilities are far surpassed by the idea of yourself. Oh, so it's hubris. It's a Greek word uh, by its origin. So uh, with that, I decided that I didn't want to continue that process. So I, took a, I, I decided to resign from that position. Now, with that being said, I mentally occupied that to a great degree. It was becoming my identity. I have eight years worth of it at that point. It's actually eight and a half years by the time I I left the first time. Um, When I say the first time, I went back for a year because I fell back on the skill sets in order to catch up on my bills after I took a business venture that was not as successful. My process throughout this entire thing is I mentally occupy something. I try to look for as much information as possible so I can understand the personality traits that, that typically seem to show up around that particular um, idea. 
the occupation aspect to it, if it's a job or if it's a personality trait or something that we're all adopting and taking on different personality traits because they seem to have more successful utility in our life than we currently have. So we start modeling our behavior in a certain way to become more successful. There's a difference between the way a person that works uh, just works in a job that is not managerial. And then there's a difference to that person, to somebody who is in a management position, the mentality of I'm here to be a technician to do this job, or I'm here to be responsible for the technicians to make sure the projects are done. There is a difference in thinking, even though both of them are working on the projects, it's how they're working on the projects changes. And that's how you mentally occupy things. You do the same thing with personality elements as well. When we want to develop a different personality trait, I'm tired of this thing in my life. I no longer want to continue to deal with this thing. If it's a dating relationship type issue or whatever it might be, and you're like, I'm tired of it. I'm not doing it anymore. You start looking for personality traits that seem to be more efficient in that area, and you'll start adopting those personality traits. Most of the time, we're trying to find that in people around us, whether it's a celebrity, whether it's an individual in our life, whatever it is, we're looking for this personality trait that seems to make the most sense, that has the greatest deal of utility to get you away from what you're currently dealing with. And then we start modeling our behavior in a way that helps us become more proficient at that challenge. But with that also comes the personality traits that are around the personality utility value. So it's, you know, the person may be a little more short with people. There is a lot more that comes up that actually helps us, that kind of creates our own autonomy in these scenarios. I'm looking for influencers, not necessarily factual, absolute. If that person behaves that way, therefore you will behave that way. It's likely, it's not a guarantee because of the way the personalities work. You'll also have your background you know, you'll have what you consider to be sacred values. You'll have things that are your core values. You'll have things that are going to be your social values that aren't really necessarily rooted in core or sacred, but it's the way you interact with people. There's all kinds of different variables that come into play. I'm saying these are influences that can turn you that direction. It's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing. It's just a thing. It's more about let's be aware of it, and then we can do something about changing if we choose to or just understand it. So, if you choose that you're going to go a certain route that's going to have more of an aggressive behavior and attitude towards things, you may push people out of your life. And those individuals you're putting out of your life very well may have a lot of value for you in the future. But now that you push them out, you're not going to be able to, to lean on them for their resources of being able to help you through that process in a genuine friendship type of situation. I'm not saying become a psychopath or, or a narcissist or even a sociopath. That they, you know, I'm not saying or Machiavellian, I'm not saying go that route. What I'm saying is that you you can have those friendships, but also be able to enjoy the rewards of the resources the friendship brings. Don't develop the relationship. My preference is not to develop the relationship solely based off the resources. I'd rather develop the relationship because I genuinely care and like the person. And it happens that they may have resources that can contribute, but also I plan on bringing as much as I can to that friendship so that we can we can both have a greater degree of success. Mental occupation is necessary for all of us. We all do it all the time. It's just when you do something without recognition you're doing it, it has a little more control than you do. As Jordan Peterson says, uh, famously says, at one of his quotes that I do appreciate a great deal is, ideas don't have, uh, people don't have ideas, ideas have people. And it's a really interesting one to look at, but it falls right into the mental occupation element. 
Oh, I'm not going to continue to go on about it because I think that you guys have a pretty good gist of what I'm talking about here. I can do another video if it's requested. I, I could also revisit this in the future. And, you know, as I get better at this process, as I continue to mentally occupy it, right. Uh, and practice it into the world. Um, I may, you know, I've come back to it with a more polished studio or office for it or equipment or my dog with a partner and, and they're enjoying their time and, or whatever it might be. I can obviously come back to it. Uh, but I do want to thank you guys, all of you guys and gals. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you watching the video. I do appreciate the continuation of these comments uh, in, in person as well as on the, the, um, uh, the platform that you're, you're viewing or listening to this from. I thank you so much for all that you're doing. Uh, we're all in this together. We do not need to create greater division. If you find that you're dividing your life right now because of frustrations against somebody else, get on these videos, listen to them, share it with people that you're feeling frustrated with as well, or that you feeling are dealing with some frustrations, share it with people. Oh, I obviously would like to turn this into something a lot bigger over time because I really do feel that this is something that will help us all out. It just gives insight so we can work with it versus thinking we don't have options and then working out of desperation and changing who we are and something that's more disorganized and more disorderly for the world. Let's create a better organization in our life and create something beautiful together and don't care again about any element about you skin tone, gender, any of that. I don't care. I really want to see us working together to create a beautiful world together Oh, where we all have opportunities and we don't need to take from somebody else to level it off. That's as a remark more towards what's currently going on in their culture, in our society, in our country, United States, right now with all the riots and everything else that's going on, the protests of riots and looting. Um, not saying that they always turn into that either for the people are listening and they're like, oh, well, you probably, he said this and it, it's not a guarantee a pro, uh, protest goes to that. But now that I've got that disclaimer out there, I, I really do want to see us all rise up and rise above and, and create that civil discourse where we all can succeed safe, uh, safely. And, you know. So with that, I know that sounds like I've got an agenda to talk about and I'm, I'm really keeping those out of these videos just because I, if this is a better way to reach people, in my opinion. You know, I don't need to have the sexy body showing it off in front of the camera, and I don't need to have a provocative conversation to reach the masses. I'd much rather take a more developmentally sound and, and desirable approach. In the future, you will find I will be inviting people on to chat with me, to go over different ideas. You'll see me play the role of a student more often because I – I don't know everything and I never will, but I sure like learning. Actually, I love learning. I spend all day doing it um, and <laughs> I don't regret any of it. So with that, thank you so much. Again, share these videos, hit the like button, subscribe, you know, hit the bell notifications. If the platform has bell notifications, like my dog's collar, uh, and it'll give you a heads up whenever these videos come on. All right, baby, I'm coming. <laughs> Um, I gotta go. Uh, a little lady wants out. So, uh, with that, thank you so much again. This is Chad Everett Brochures. I am the host of Growing Up in the Wilds of Suburbia. This has been another video and or episode that I hope makes a difference. Again, share, like, comment, and we'll catch you on the next one. Thank you so much for your time. Enjoy. <laughs>